Hello, this is the Polytechnicast. I'm Rob Stenzinger, and I like to uh, do some recordings, even though they're solo. I know, like having um, having someone as a as a guest and, and uh, someone to, to chat and navigate conversations is is rich and awesome and a beautiful method to to navigate topics and come up with things that you don't you you wouldn't necessarily have thought of. And doing this thing as a solo journal, it's a different creature. It's not. It's not for it's not for everyone as far as uh, as a as a medium to to use, but I do think a lot of folks, even though you may seem on on first glance to be like, no, I'm not going to talk to myself in a microphone. That sounds crazy. That's that. What, what do you get out of that? Well, I mean that that's that's the whole like what you get out of it. I guess that's a big topic. That's a lot of conversation to a lot of ground to cover. But in a nutshell. Um, you, you, you end up practicing sharing your thoughts and composing them as you go, even if you're navigating a, an outline. Um, and then you notice the stuff you share as you share it, and you'll find, you'll find some, some hook or commonality or insight. Or, um, a, and, it, and it can be totally like a, a rationalization on the spot, but then it can feel like a really, I don't know, handy thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that's why I wanted to think that through. That, that's a practice, and I like to do that. And I also like to just try to explore stuff that I haven't necessarily prepared a lot of thoughts to share ahead of time. And, it, and it's typically just because I really like it. Um, I have a, a, I share a few different tools. And like, well, then that's a segue into... Um, the reason I hit record was to just share some, some um, maybe, maybe excitement or helpful tools related to um, working with data. And it could be where you are, um, you're excited about user experience and have been, and you're like, well, I need to, um, I need to crunch a little bit of data and present it in an interesting and useful way. It's this, you know, I've got a bit of a, um, I've got a story and a rationale and then some evidence and I've got like this nice sort of maybe, maybe you've got a good narrative, but then how do you support that narrative and the things that you're, you're the, the rationale you're proposing is the basis for that narrative. And at some point you'll have to be working with data, maybe your own data and um, I mean, if you're, if you're doing a lot of secondary research, um, exploring and summarizing things that others have uh, compiled and processed, it's, sometimes it's nice to take a, take a look at their data too. Hopefully what they're providing has a bit of transparency to it. I'm a huge fan. I'm just, I'm just going to mention this because of um, it feels like, uh, well, it's a thing I want to gravitate toward. It's, it's, um, it's an aspiration. And, uh, and it's just ideally sometime, someday when I present designs, I want them to all be, exp- well, I don't know. I, this is me going with my gut here, but I really would love them, at least some of them to be explorable explanations. And that's this ultimate version of, and to, to me, an ultimate version where it's like you have this sort of transparency and interactivity in what you're presenting and then by allowing people to play with the data and, and make adjustments, you get to, they can come up with 
their own explanations and, and participate in uh, creating conclusions that aren't just all pre-canned. You can have a strong narrative and you can present it in such a way that is super compelling. But, and, you know, if you really, if you sort of, if you win over your audience in that way, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, it, as, as long as you're ethical and you've, you have the data to back you up, I don't think there's, I don't find a flaw in that, but I find it, I find a, um, an admirable, worthy, exciting upgrade to that by making it explorable. So that's just um, a thing I care a lot about. So if you go to this, the, I'll put a URL in the show notes, but explorables. <laughs> explorable. It's, it's okay. It's the word explorables, but instead of um, it's just typing the whole word, you would put a dot or a, or a, or a period at after the L, uh, after the second L, before the ES. So it's explorable.es. Anyway, uh, there's, and so you'll, you'll notice um, ex- ways to, to be learning, like, um, like music theory. And um, let's see, I wonder if, uh, I, one I've mentioned before is the parable of the polygons. And is that one here? I'm just sort of looking around. The site has changed since I was here last. So I would, would uh, the polygons is probably civics-based. And nope, I'm not seeing it. Um, but then, but there's topics like how to build a better ballot, um, misunderstood uh, electoral college, economics, physics, programming, social science, maybe. All right, let's try that. Yep, parable of the polygons. That's where it is. It's under social science. And also there's another awesome one called uh, the evolution of trust and how, um, you know, like different ways, different stances can be overly taken advantage of or um, can also take advantage in, in sort of a, a game theory way of in, in intera- interactions. The parable, a par- parable of the polygons helps you explore like how there's, um, there can be a tendency of same groups that want to be near same groups, but then if too much of that happens, then there's, then there's uh, kind of a divisiveness. And if there's some inclusion, but not enough inclusion, there's a bit of divisiveness. So again, but like, like some really subtle things that like these interactive things that are, that are data and algorithm based can help you explore. All right. Anyway, I'm making a whole podcast about my, about my, uh, my admiration of explorables. That's not my intent. I think they're kind of a um, um, a, a great um, along a c- continuum of presenting data and allowing it to be understandable. I think they stand on 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 the far end of the spectrum, and I try to get you know closer to that than farther from that. So, and that can be anything. For, so, but data visualization doesn't have to be fancy. You can think of it as um, just being clear in what you're communicating, and it can be your raw data. It can be in a table. Like I mean, if you know, explore the um, and I, it's not quotable and off the top of my head, but that's sort of a um, like an Edward Tufte kind of approach where this uh, you don't have to necessarily hide the data behind a shape or a relationship in a graph or what have you. Maybe it communicates well enough on its own, and just by bolding the right column having, you know, simple separator lines and not having an overwhelming amount of it, then the data can, can really speak for itself quite well when it's raw. And then the forms of data. So you think about data can be tabular. So a, a, a table would be, 
you have a, a list of attributes on probably a primary object. The primary object where it could be uh, um, this assumption that exists behind the collection of attributes. But typically, when you describe a thing, you say like, well, um, these are the songs I have in my collection. And my, this song was, was, was a part of this album released on this date by this band in this genre or these genres, maybe. And, and um, let's see, with this amount of sales, with um, et cetera, right? So you can have um, tabular data, a bunch of objects, right? The, which would be the songs or it could be the albums, like whatever, whatever's the main focus there. And then the attributes on those, on those, on those objects. Then, um, and I suppose what I was describing was probably more about albums and then, yeah. And then you could think about, okay, now here's the, this is a good example. So now you can think about relational data. So you could have data about an album and how it's sort of this, this, um, maybe you could say that an album and its year of release. And so you're summarizing a, a year of data about an album, including some of its attributes and whatnot, like sales and, and um, let's see, mm, maybe other, other indicators of notoriety, like uh, amount of times it was streamed or played or um, mentioned, or I don't know, shows that licensed it, who knows? But, you got there. There's that. The main the main object is is the is the um, is the album. But now, what if you have a something related to it that's outside of it? And now there might be a key to connect this relation. So you could have the album is the key, but then there are songs. That's and that that could be a second table. So you have a table of songs, and a table of songs can be just all about what 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 is it to be a song? What's the length of the song? What's the file format? What's the title of the song? Uh, what is the, um, what is its top charted popularity? How do you feel about the song? All this stuff, right? So that, that song data is at a different granularity than the table data. Okay. All right. So, I mean, this could be just super well-trodden familiar territory to you, for you, um, or, or not, but I think there's a lot of power in relational data and that's sort of a, I know it's, it's, uh, huh. There's kind of a, I mean, a progression in technology as far as how data is stored and queried. And so now it's more common where, where data is, is, it could be objects that have, some objects have some attributes, some objects have different attributes, but it's a big pile of objects and you query based on the attributes and you, your query hopefully filters the data to make the, your, whatever you're learning accurate enough. But then a relational database is a little more stringent where it's like, nope, every album had better have a release date. Or either way, it's either going to have a release date or it might be an empty release date. So now you're dealing with data quality issues potentially, right? But then, um, which, which is an, an interesting potential concern. Um, and you're, you have, uh, let's see, your core data, the relation data that's got a key um, versus an object it's or like, so that's different. So like two different tables is different than sort of piling it all together in one um, one list of objects or potentially as documents. And so different, and there's some databases store things as documents, which is a lot like the objects I described, and they all can be different, uh, different attributes. Maybe some one album has release date and the, another album doesn't even have that attribute. It just has the title. 
Anyway, um, yeah, so you're dealing with like, what is the, what's the nature of the data? What's the grain of the data? What is the um, quality of the data? And, uh, and then how are you going to visualize the data? Gosh, I'm jumping all over the place with this stuff. But I mean, honestly, it all starts with like, what data do you have? And what do you know about it? Um, is, you know, how much do you trust it and all that kind of stuff? So, and it, Oftentimes, if you're doing well, if we're relating this to you to user experience, um, you're you're probably exploring data that that relates to um, something gathered through a study on usability or um, qualitative feedback, and potentially researchers' observations or um, notes based on the qualitative feedback, and so that probably looks like one big, big table. So you have, uh, I suppose, um, a column for participant, and then you have a column for, um, yeah, I didn't even step back and say, like I've said the word table so much, but like uh, that's an assumption. So the table is a grid, and it's a grid where like the top of the grid has the names of these things that you want to capture. The, and you can call that its list of attributes. And I mentioned that there could be a core object that the attributes are based off of. There doesn't have to be, but chances are that, that it is. And chances are that's going to be one of the columns farthest to the left. So you would have the, like, what's this identifier for this, for this row? And that, the, that row may be a, like a combination of a couple columns that, that are the identifier, because it could be um, a matter of the participant plus the question plus additional, you know, the answer of the question plus notes, right? And that's, that's, uh, that could be a row or it could be a participant. And then the, all the questions are columns and that's, that's actually more common. And let's see, a participant, all the questions are columns, but then if you have multiple um, observers, you may have, it's, it's more like participant, plus observer is the key for that row because you could have multiple rows for a given participant if you have multiple observers and you're capturing all the data like that. Anyway, considering, you know, thinking through the grain and knowing what you're dealing with, it, that, that will be important as far as summarizing it in, in a way that is, um, that's useful and accurate and, I mean, it, and it, that tells a story that you can, um, you can, gain some kind of insight from. So, I mean, exploring the data, you might notice that maybe you have an, a, a researcher that wasn't very thorough in capturing all the data because it's, it's one of the first times they were in the field and, and all that stuff. Well, it might make sense to just sort of filter out that, re that, that given observer um, and then, you know, talk with them because, you know, that's a good, it's a good chance to, to learn and, and grow and whatever. And the data is helping you helping you um, make note of that and great thing to have a specific conversation about. And um, anyway, let's see, where else was it? Uh, data, data, tables, uh, tables like a grid, then the grid and the attributes, and then all the rows being, um, you can think of that as like a, well, it's an, it's an instance, it's an entry, right? So if you're, you're logging, every row is like an entry in a log. Uh, and, and these are, 
I think these are pretty familiar terms that are not uh, necessarily jargon that is only software-based. So uh, helpful to triangulate that stuff. So then let's see. I jumped, I started at data visual, visualization. I'm going to come back to it. So you think, so there's a, there's this sort of wonderful inspiration as far as, um, you know, making explorable explanations, but explorable explanations, honestly, that's a long journey to turn something into, um, something interact to, to, to have a strong enough, uh, theme and story for your data to make it, uh, like a, 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 having a, a progression to a narrative and experience where you get to interact along the way. That's amazing. Uh, and you don't have to start at the end there. You can, um, you can take your data and start to just play with it and explore it and see what happens when you, when you make it more, um, when you make it easy to make visual observations on the data, one of the, one thing I think is really fun to play with is this amazing tool called raw graphs. And, uh, I mean, if you get anything out of this, this, uh, this post of the Polytechnic cast, it's like, take your tabular data and then go to rawgraphs.io. If you have a Google spreadsheet that you would like to play with and explore, copy the sheet, um, just copy the data, paste it into, um, the cells at raw graph, the, into the form at rawgraphs.io and, uh, uh, play with its, its, um, the, the, I guess it's a, in a way it's a wizard, right? The wizard is like a, like taking, um, taking a task and turning in or a, like a big task and turning it into a series of smaller incremental tasks. And it's a little bit like that where you have to start with the data and then, you, you get options as far as like, how do you want to explore it or visualize it? And some visualizations require data of some natures, like, a, like I, something I didn't mention is, well, a time series. I purposely, in, in, the, um, in the example of the album and the songs, uh, I mentioned that it was a summarization of the first year of that album's release. So what if you had a time series of, uh, of posts or reactions publicly about that album over the course of, uh, still, it's going to be summarized over some grain, or is it? Will will it be every single thing said about it for every every day in its first month of release? And then you're going to have um, some things that align on some grain of time over a series of those grains of time. So is it by day, by week, by month, what have you? Anyway, so some data visualizations require that kind of um, structure to your data. All right. Um, I think that, so, all right, I think I'm going to start to wrap this post up. Um, I list a lot of the tools I use on, uh, my, my, uh, base, it's my portfolio business card website called, uh, it's at robstenzinger.com. And then tools page is where, uh, I'm looking at some of these things. Uh, other things that I think are, are very helpful to explore data, um, I think there, there's a Python environment called Jupiter or Jupiter because it's spelled a little bit like the planet, but then it's got the Python pun in there and a lot of Python projects like to say be something pi, P-Y. Anyway, so a Jupyter notebook is, those are really interesting uh, where it's like you can, exp it's like you're, you're, you, you have a, web page that saves a document that lets you um, paste in and explore data 
or import it from files and visualize it in stages. And you can just sort of go through this sort of step-by-step pipeline. And then you can just document the heck out of it and talk about how you, you know, you started and, and, um, and explored this, this set of data and what it is and why. And it's like a combination of, of both a laboratory of, of um, data, data processing, summarizing, and visualizing tools mixed with uh, documenting. So it's a really great place to um, express your research potentially. Um, if you're crunching and importing tons and tons of data, there's another Python project for a, called Petal, P-E-T-L. That's um, Python uh, extraction, extract, transform, and load. And that whole process of extract, transform, and load is a way to take data from a variety of sources and get them into a place, probably a set of tables that um, allow you to then explore and, and work through them and put and then find relations and whatnot. And a great re- place to play with relational data is SQLite. SQLite is this like open source, super free, um, but really powerful in, for like like a, a single desktop way to explore and, and play with data, especially with the, the SQL language. Um, so food for thought there. Um, I think there's, there's, I think there could be more, um, one, one interesting workflow is to go from, uh, you know, you do some research, you have some spreadsheets and then you, um, play with the data in, um, in raw graphs, but then you take the raw graphs data and then you, you make it more uh, visual and interesting in Adobe Illustrator. And that's, uh, because what raw graphs exports is, you know, it's, it's going to be this, um, it's an SVG. So, hmm. And if you wanted, I mean, you could use tools like you can make, bring that SVG into a web page and use JavaScript to uh, make it interactive and animatable. Lots of ways to go about this. Um, and anyway, playing with data, big topic. And this was a <laughs> like a shopping spree way to run through and explore various aspects of it. Would love to hear if you have any questions, uh, reactions, whatnot. Uh, this was not intended to be like a, a workshop to go to, to build, build upon some, some you know, initial experience and, and uh, explore deeper and deeper experiences. Um, total experiment talking about data. And, uh, that's, and that's all I have for this update. It's one of those things where I really want to do more sharing and blogging about it. And this is a great format to unpack some thoughts. So I'm going to listen to this and hopefully find something useful. And if, uh, if you did, uh, you can send me a, a tweet at uh, Rob Stenzinger or, of course, a direct message. That's fine, too. And, and then uh, if it's got more thoughts, uh, you can send them to me at rob.stenzinger at stenzingersoftware.com. Thanks for downloading, the, downloading this, and thank you very much for listening.